We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. This is a special draft edition of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. Myself and Sean Spiegel are about to draft in the Best Ball Mania Tree Tournament over at underdogfantasy.com. It's about to get fast and furious here in a couple of seconds as we get ready to draft. If you're drafting over at Underdog Fantasy, use the code Rotoviz. It will get you a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 when setting up a new account. But Sean, I haven't been able to see the screen because we're recording the intro here. The league is filled, I believe. Have we got our draft slot yet? Yes, we are the 102. I think the key is, Sean, as we look here at the board, when I'm drafting an underdog, I can't set up my own account because I'm based in Ireland. I'm co-drafting all these drafts. I'm co-drafting a lot of them at the moment, but I am getting top four draft slots in all of these. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe that won't serve as well as the season goes on here, but so far, so good. The 102, are we looking at the the JT Christian McCaffrey start here again, or are you feeling you feeling frisky for some wide receivers here today? Well, I, I think that we still have to consider the hyper fragile approach. I think we want to put some of these drafts out there early before the running backs and especially the fun young running backs who actually work for this approach, the guys you might actually draft in the dead zone before they get too expensive which is about to happen i mean i've been saying this for a month we're in that time period where if you've read uh from michael dubner you know that there are some strengths and weaknesses to drafting now but one of the things that we have in july is a lack of momentum either direction but training camps are sort of on their eve currently we're about to get a whole bunch of new information column. And I think that running backs are going to get more expensive in this half PPR format. Yeah, I agree. And I think that we are in a flat spot. So I'm I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey or sorry, Jonathan Taylor here. Unless you want to go Christian McCaffrey, we'll take JT. And uh, I do agree. We have been in that holding pattern over the last kind of four to six weeks where little bits of news come out and we're, we're like desperate to get this news. Once it comes out, we're trying to decipher it, but it's very, very, 
slowly trickled out whereas we are going to get into a rapid pace of movement news coming out from beat writers players unfortunately it always is going to happen players getting injured how depth charts start to shake out how rookies are doing in camp it's going to be time to to be you know checking the news frequently as you draft to, to get on top of everything that is happening so i'm excited for that to happen both i I'm, I'm excited and apprehensive sean because it can become quite hectic uh, as we run through these but we start off with jonathan taylor cooper cup went at 101 on this then it went mccaffrey then jefferson then chase then eckler Diggs is the next player off the board sean you've been you're the man pushing these running backs on me uh so far this off season but i think today may be the day that we do a hyper fragile build we'll see how it plays out we have been fortunate enough a number of times that we have seen some of the the targets we want to get at the back end of that second round but let's see how it plays out today i think we we may go for that hyper fragile approach today and one of the things that you'll notice with the underdog format here is that you do have more balance between running backs and wide receivers you pull up the win the flex tool and you see that if you opt for at least a half a running back in the flex and obviously you can't play a half a running back but we're looking at over the course of a season then the values for the top running backs and the top wide receivers that are implied by ADP in terms then of value of a replacement, you see guys like Taylor and McCaffrey and Cup are very, very close. So on the one hand, it's not a surprise at all, not a bad pick at all for Cup to go number one. If we're going to be looking at drafting some of these running backs and taking running backs outside of the dead zone, then... I do feel very comfortable taking either Taylor or McCaffrey. Those are really the guys that I want to have exposure to. A few of the other guys we might want to have exposure to would be players like a Saquon Barkley who just went at the 201. You have an interesting dynamic in underdog because the value of the running backs with the half PPR scoring you can see is very different than in full PPR. The win the flex demonstrate this. And yet we still have a lot of these dynamics from zero rb that are going to come into play right if you have the breakout running backs if you have those guys like a devin singletary sony michelle or rashad penny who score at the end a situation that's much more likely than for your wide receivers those guys will win you tournaments you still have the dead zone in terms of the concern about the upside for those players so where the win the flex tool might tell you to draft running backs in the dead zone in underdog that's still a little bit of a problem Right, So we have to navigate a variety of kind of conflicting information in a very interesting way in this format. That's one of the reasons that I think Underdog has been so fun to play and just being able to get some different builds. I, you know, I, There are some listeners who don't like it anytime we draft anything other than Zero RB, but throughout the whole time that we've been talking about Zero RB and really back to the beginning, one of the things I've mentioned is I like running backs and I want to draft some. Underdog gives you that chance and I think that trying to play these hyper fragile formats is a lot of fun now we're into the situation here column where the top values are Fournette, javante williams nick chubb but i get the impression you're probably going to push for aj brown here i'm gonna gonna let you take javante williams here oh what let's take javante okay so column is going in a different direction on me I love the way there's just a, a complete shock um, when we get some of those running backs on the board. So we'll see how it plays out now. Now, this is a period, Sean, where I'm interested to see what you think. We have 22 seconds on the clock. ETN would be probably the 
guy that I'd be targeting in this range. James Connors there is availability. Uh, and then we have, yeah, let's go Pitts or Waller, actually. Okay, so we have to take Kyle Pitts. This isn't a tight end premium format, obviously, but one of the things that you'll note from Connor O'Driscoll's writing on Underdog, and he's given us three just fantastic pieces about how to execute anchor running back, how to execute zero running back, how to execute hyper fragile. And not surprisingly, you look at his work, you look at what Michael Dubner has talked about in terms of the silver bullet approach to best ball. Having that elite tight end is a big part of it. And one of the reasons why I like to get Kyle Pitts here at the 302 is, again, when we're contrasting some of the different formats that we're drafting in, there are things that you can do and values you can get in one format and not the other, as opposed to sort of pressing and reaching for a guy in a format where the price doesn't give you the chance to really win with it, then simply take him in the other one. Right, and that's what we've done here with Kyle Pitts. One of the things that you'll note when you pull up the underdog advance rate explorer, you'll see that these elite tight ends, because of some of the struggles that they had last year, 2021 was not as good a season for elite tight end as the recent past previous to that had been. But even with that being the case, because those elite tight ends have the upside in the playoff weeks that is so important to you, they can have lower regular season advance rates or lower advance rates into the playoffs. But then the teams that do make it through have just such a competitive advantage because they still have tight ends that can now go off for you know 30 points in the playoffs. The goal for us will be to build a team through with the star running backs and young running backs, and then the wide receiver depth to where we do make it through. And that was one of the things that, really been in us last year in the ffpc tournament is that our team overall was strong enough that when jonathan taylor had a bad playoff week we were able to get him through where a lot of his teams went out we're going to try and make sure that we get kyle pitts through regardless of how good of a season he has now one of the things we're obviously hoping for is that he has a good season and he can be part of of making it and then perhaps different players on our team will allow the diversification that they will be the differentiators in week 17 to win the two million dollars yeah and sean you mentioned last year the jonathan taylor one for people remembering back the first week of the playoffs last year was week 14 colts at a week 14 by taylor i believe and cooper cup may have been the most advanced players in the underdog tournament to the playoffs and by the time that week 14 by happened and you mentioned the down game i think there was like four teams left and we were the only taylor team i believe that made that final but when we looked through some of the options you were taken aback by the uh, decision that I said to take Javante Williams. Would Williams have been your pick there or had you somebody else in mind at the running back position? And you mentioned A.J. Brown. At some point, Sean, I need to differentiate away from my A.J. Brown, T. Higgins drafts. I, I need to, uh, <laughs> to change those up to not have 70 plus percent. So were you surprised and, and was that the pick? So Colm has this problem that is the ultimate uh, rich person's problem of having so many 101 and 102 that he has to get away from T Higgins and AJ Brown. One of the reasons I was looking at a potential receiver there is that I like to continue to load up on Brees Hall, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, JK Dobbins. Now that we have two running backs, obviously we're probably looking for only a third as opposed to a third and a fourth. We may kind of regret 
not being able to take some of those guys. But at the same time, you know, you mentioned getting a little bit away from AJ Brown. I have so much Breeze Hall that when he gets injured, it's going to be a very dark day. Cullen, we are quickly heading back for the 411, however, and a couple picks. He's the the top player by ADP, but he's still there. Is he going to make it through these two drafters? I'm going to say he's not going to make it through, but I think for us, he would be a fantastic pick here. He goes as I say that. So he didn't make it back. So we're into a situation where one pick away, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, and Cam Akers would be kind of the top options in the queue. We already took a tight end, so then Kettle's there. But looking at the other options, you would have David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, who we talked about earlier this week, Elijah Mitchell, who we talked about earlier this week. But Sean, I think that it's cam Akers or we're skipping at running back at this point um is there anyone else that that you really want to see here dk metcalf's the player in this range and probably drafting the most out of the names that are here well i think both deontay johnson and jerry judy offer interesting ways to play this and i mean johnson at this price is almost impossible to pass up but i think putting judy onto this team would also be a cool choice do you have a preference no, let's go Johnson. We'll see who comes back then. Based on how the ADP was going, obviously the hope is that maybe Judy sneaks back to us here, um, and he does. So we have an option at this point. DK Metcalf's there, Bateman's there, Judy's there. Do you want Judy over those specifically with the fact that we already have Williams from the Broncos offense? Well, let's, let's go ahead and take our shot here at Cam Akers and get this hyper-fragile build that we've been discussing. I think there's a possibility that jk dobbins comes back and might be even more dynamic for us but call him again i i have a ton of dobbins there it sounded like there was a a little bit of a, a dust up earlier this week in terms of dobbins versus reporting that he would not be ready specifically within rapaport <laughs> yeah, well we've seen we've seen rumors and reports from a variety of sources suggesting this could be an issue and his coaching staff has hinted that they want to see him out there or that they at least want his ability to practice to match up with what he personally is saying but that's more or less just some of the stuff that happens at this time of the year big picture the ravens have raved about his recovery they expect him to be back and better than full strength at some point this season J.K. Dobbins, off-the-chart, Jamal Charles-like ability and in an offense that will be run-heavy but also will be very scoring-heavy, which there are some problems with the Ravens in terms of expected points and hitting that legendary level that we talked about on Thursday. And yet at the same time, with the prices that you're going to get on J.K. Dobbins and the potential for multiple 150-yard three-touchdown games, it's pretty hard to ignore that. So I like him. We'll see what the health situation is. We have started here with three running backs, all of whom we think are big talents. They're young guys. Jonathan Taylor, obviously no questions about. Javante Williams and Cam Akers should be in offenses that score a lot of points and could be a little bit more run heavy than maybe we would like in some other ways, right? But when you put those three backs with an elite tight end and Kyle Pitts, we've got this foundation now that works for hyperfragile. So our goal will be to hit those QBs in the window if we get good values 
or to potentially take one elite QB and maybe hit on a couple of these late quarterbacks that we like. But Colin, the main thing now is that we get to take a lot of wide receivers and that obviously is always fun. Yeah, that's uh, this is the part now where uh, we come back up for oxygen and try and fill up our lungs with that fresh wide receiver air. So we'll see how it plays out. Sean is adding a couple of players to our queue as we're seven picks away. Could be a, a little bit of a flat area here, Sean. We'll see how it gets in terms of the, the wide receiver position. Looking at some of the quarterback options that might be in this range too. Jalen Hurts maybe, somebody who's around here, Joe Burrow. So going to be going to be fun to see how these uh, next couple of picks play out for us but i'm looking forward sean to sharing this draft board some point during the week and uh, asking without the team's names revealed uh, which roster is ours because i don't think uh, i don't think the good folks out there on twitter will will believe that we together managed to draft three running backs at this point of the draft but i i i'm excited to see how it plays out how we continue to move here um four picks away players going off the board and recent picks have been um amon ross st brown david montgomery um trey is that trey lance sorry it's very small for me jalen hurts jalen hurts and then elijah moore some of the players in our queue deandre hopkins rick london joe burrow trey lance joe burrow was off the board tj hawkinson there as well Sean, looking here, there's a couple of players that are the veteran wide receivers that we're not really targeting very much. And when we're looking at those guys, we're looking at Adam Thielen, for example. Um, it feels like we may be in a, a quarterback zone here for for Trey Lance. What's your thoughts on this particular pick? Is there somebody you want to draft ahead of him? I think that we could look to Drake London already, even though we have Kyle Pitts. This it's vaguely intriguing to me to take deandre hopkins here and try and win the whole thing with him in the fantasy playoffs yeah let's go we're out of time let's i i haven't drafted deandre hopkins maybe once or twice this year very very rarely and sean let me tell you that my advice is normally that draft him on a roster that already has four wide receivers <laughs> we do not have four wide receivers here but we will get it to play out we have uh, another pick coming up rapidly here after two more picks I think Drake London would be the the clear pick there, or Lance. Um, based on the build, Sean, I think we probably are better to, to get the wide receiver. But what, what's your thoughts? Well, we have this Cardinals Falcons potential Week Seventeen shootout. You add London into that, that becomes a way too to perhaps play a lesser QB late. But Trey Lance has such massive upside, and as long as we're trying to win the whole thing, and we don't have a clear-cut wide receiver who's a no-brainer i think that i'm okay going with your quarterback here okay let's go before we run out of time <laughs> i have to say the feedback on the time clock watch is uh people are telling me that they they are feeling queasy as they <laughs> they're panicking that we won't get these picks off uh so it's a uh, it's fun time so our roster so far is Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams, Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyle Pitts, and now Trey Lance. So there is a lot of upside so far packed into this roster. And London, I think there would be the safer pick, but I do think that we also have the upside of Lance, which I think is the, the long-term play. We'll probably be looking at a lot of rookie players throughout the rest of this draft to try and fill out the wide receiver position. But I think as we continue to hammer those wide receivers, we will patched together a wide receiver room that we are going to be going to be fine with when we get to the end so how are you feeling sean so far we have a little bit of time before it gets back to us 13 picks away as sean 
frantically is adding nothing but wide receivers into the queue uh, at this point, which is is perfect. And the dream scenario, Sean, now, as much as we want wide receivers, TJ Hawkinson remains on the board. If he gets back, we, can, we might double up on those tight ends. But how are you feeling so far as we um, kind of head into the, the late seventh round here? Good, because this is a tournament-winning team. It's also a team that could finish lower in its league than most of our teams do because of the usual structural approach it's very difficult to end up with a team that's outside the top four or five the structure is just too dominant to fall much more now if you have a team that has say you know 40 50 percent injuries you can always slide a little bit further than that you do have to actually have players and when you have only 18 roster spots the potential to lose out on some guys is going to come back to haunt you on some teams. This one with a more running back heavy approach with the early tight end, with the early quarterback, we have more downside, but the upside is also significant. Again, kind of mentioning the overall structure. And if you haven't read it, it's an absolute must read Connor's article about hyperfragile in underdog, how to fix it, demonstrating that one of the reasons why when you pull up the roster construction explorer and look at hyper fragile sort of uh, in a vacuum or without going into the detail it doesn't seem like it's that effective but that's because a very large percentage of hyper fragile drafters don't execute the other parts of it that you need to do and so one of the things that we've been aware of in the early going is to make sure to get that elite tight end make sure to get that qb in the window we'll look at a second qb if the opportunity presents itself because we've avoided some of the wide receivers early we do know here that we could actually hit a flat spot at wide receiver to where we actually do want to take a different position if that happens in a spot where we like a quarterback we'll take a quarterback but Colin, one of the things that i like about doing hyper fragile right now in addition to some of the values that i think that you're going to get on the young running backs is that i also think that there are some values on young wide receivers that won't be there later and so you'll need to be a little bit wide receiver heavy once those guys jump up and once players like will fuller and julio jones jump up there's a chance right now i mean there are some pockets of receiver late that i think give you still a lot of upside now 15 days from now i don't know if those values will still be there yeah i think we're going to start to see that and i think it was on ot that i mentioned this it may have been on the baseball show but i do think that we're seeing you know after the draft the talk has died down on these rookies but the rookie hype will <laughs> skyrocket here once we hit training camp and i do think that then we'll see those adps rise as well somebody sean that's not in the queue i'm just wondering if we want to add him in as well sky Moore is an option that would be there by adp in terms of the wide receiver position we also have um guard wilson in the queue tyler boyd in the queue rondell moore in the queue so based on where we're picking in one pick we're, we're likely to get uh, two of those four at minimum have you a preference for the four or the the two wide receivers that we would prioritize here i think perhaps boyd and wilson might be the way to go it's tricky because wilson again you got this very slight chance that he would come back around but pretty dramatically undervalued you're hoping that Rondell Moore would come back in the following round and perhaps give you not only the breakout points, but the points from early in the season when DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. What are your thoughts on going ahead and reaching for Garrett Wilson? Obviously, we took Tyler Boyd when Sky Moore was selected one spot ahead of us. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think we go and do it and get them on the roster. I think we're gonna we're gonna need to ch- challenge ourselves. I think with ADP in some spots of this draft. Um, one thing to note now, we'll see. We have lot. We're gonna draft lots of wide receivers, Sean. So it won't matter at the end. We have four wide receivers. One is suspended for the first six weeks. Two of them of their week. 10 buys but i think we'll be okay by the the end of it um when when things play out hopefully sean what we will see is some of those wide receivers that we're discussing at these points as the second option when it's coming back at the o2 pick of each round that hopefully some of those guys may slide back to us in the following round that would really be a benefit to us so players that we may potentially be looking at at the next turn just for people listening in would be rondell moore Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry, Jamison Williams, uh, Jamison Crowder would be in there as well. So we'll see if any, some of them are obviously going to make it by ADP, but Rondell Moore would be the, the key target for us at this point. Sean, we're talking about the quarterback window as well. Is there any, have we any specific targets that you're hoping to implement into this particular build from the quarterback position? Well, one of the guys that we should have considered and, and was a potential pick for us in the last slot was Dak Prescott. He had kind of landed at a juncture there where we would have had to have some interest. He actually goes behind Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford in this draft, which is an interesting development. I'm hoping that Justin Fields comes back around. And one of the reasons why I like that is that both Fields and our first quarterback, Trey Lance, can be played without quite as much of an emphasis on trying to pair them up with receiving targets, which is nice because many of the receiving targets of quarterbacks we would work through or work with at this point have already been taken. So we're looking at guys who are either outside the window or players that we don't have the stacks with. One of the things about this hyper-fragile build and the uniqueness of it especially if you execute it in the way that actually works is that i don't think that we 
have to have as much of a focus on uniqueness. Now, to have some of the player connections in week 16, week 17 that allow the team to really pop, we're not necessarily avoiding that, but there's the freedom to draft in different ways and to get the receivers who really make sense and can elevate this build. I just really like to have that freedom. And so Justin Fields, someone who has an ADP around 125, I think works very, very nicely for what we're doing here. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully he's another one that will be in contention for us when it does come around to some of these selections. We are three picks away. Sean Rondell Moore is still there as an option. The recent picks have been Kenny Galladay, Dawson Knox, Jarvis Landry, Zach Ertz, Ron, uh, Ronald Jones goes off the board. So one pick away, Sean, if we get the option here, is, it, is Ronald Jones the clear pick? Jamison Williams would be the other player, but usually goes about 14 picks after Rondell Moore. And Rondell is there. So yeah, this is perfect. We get Rondell right about at ADP. We have more of this Cardinals-Falcons Week 17 matchup. I love being able to put that together because I think that Moore is going to score a ton of points early, but I think that he and Hopkins are also going to score a lot of points together. It gives us multiple ways to play that game and just so much overall upside. We are back on the clock. Justin Fields is available here. The other vaguely intriguing pick would be Jamison Williams and continue to try and stack in some players with just monstrous playoff upside. But Colin, it seems like Fields is probably the pick. I think we go Fields. And uh, having Fields as well, that's going to give us additional opportunities now to to go ahead at the other positions. We'll be set on a two-quarterback build. There is sometimes when, if we pass there, we have found ourselves a little bit, you know, into those three quarterback bills then who we're hoping to do. So I think that gives us a lot of security at the quarterback position. <laughs> Obviously, Trey Lance is not the starter yet, but we fully expect that to be the case. Sean, myself and yourself had a couple of season-long rosters last year where we did draft Trey Lance, and obviously we, we held him throughout the entire season. But the upside is just so immense heading into year two here for him. Uh, and I like what the option there to have fields also gives us now at the quarterback position. And we are going to need those extra tickets, I think, later on at the uh, the wide receiver position specifically. So it worked out pretty well. Our targets in that range that we really, for me anyway, I was really hoping to get was going to be fields, was going to be more. We get both of those. I also, Sean, we've talked about this on a few drafts, a few shows. I am ending up with a lot of correlations between that bears and lions game in week 17 whether it's hawkinson and fields and then other players mixed in whether it's goff and hawkinson and then adding in Dar- uh, darnell mooney lots of different ways but that's the game that it keeps going back to and we joked about it sean on a recent show but the uh the seahawks jets week 17 game is i, I have too many correlations with that it's either Brees hall dk metcalf I have a team ongoing uh, that I'm drafting over at the FFPC, and you're also in that slow draft where I've uh, DK Metcalf and I've, I've paired him in now with uh, Geno Smith in the late rounds in the Superflex tournament. So we're having lots of fun with the, the Seahawks and the Jets. So we'll see how our draft continues here today. But some of those uh, lower cost stacks, I think, are going to uh, increase in value as the season moves along you mentioned Jamison Williams Sean in the last round I think he would be an amazing pick for us if he 
would happen to the last three, but we are 11 picks away. By ADP now, we are at 132. He usually goes at around 134. So I do think he'll be off the board before it comes back. But some other options, Jimison Crowder. We also would have Jahan Dotson as an option, Robbie Anderson. Um, anyone, Sean, as you have teched also players at the top of the queue, Pat Fairmouth and Mike Gusecki as possible second tight end options. Um, where are we hoping to, to get this first pick here for us? Well, if Williams goes, Jahan Dotson is pretty interesting because I, I like the mix of veterans who are undervalued because they're not enough fun. So players like Tyler Boyd, players like uh, Jamison Crowder, who is just selected right there. But to mix them in with upside plays like Dotson, Dotson, just the talk of Washington organized team activities, obviously a first round pick. The commanders do need some more firepower to offset and to go with Terry McLaurin. And it's also a situation where they had that week 16 game against the 49ers. You talk so much about week 17 and how important it is. The top performers overall are going to make it to week 17 because they get through week 16. So if you have an easy week 16 play that you can make, I like to do that now. He was selected. Jamison Williams is still here. We're going to be heartbroken, Sean, here. We're about to get our hearts shattered. It's going to happen. Colin thinks he's going to be picked one spot ahead of us. It'll be a little bit tricky if that does go, because I don't think any of the other wide receivers are really justifiable picks. This drafter is letting the clock tick all the way down. He is by ADP. I hope it's not like an auto pick where we don't get him by ADP. Oh, yes, we got him. (laughs) So that's the first juju has worked. That's the most excited that Colin has ever been for. Albert O going off not to us. Yeah. Uh, Pat Crane had a tweet today, Sean. You probably obviously haven't seen it, but he was telling us the correct way to pronounce Albert O's name is Albert Okua Blake Jarwin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're all on the Dulcich train at this point. <laughs> With that being said, is it a good time to select? Gerald it's Everett. All, it's always a good time. So we'll move think, Everett in there. We get the two. Call, I'm just going to go ahead and call this the two elite tight end build, even though Gerald Everett <laughs> is going outside. The bully tight end. Right. Uh, it's the bully tight end build. <laughs> but I think, John, uh, after what happened uh, at the start where we shook the draft room to its foundation with the three running backs that we got early in the draft, I think going through the roster now with Lance Fields, our three of running backs, and Kyle Pitts, uh, Gerald Everett. But now we have Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson as rookies, Rondell Moore in his second year, Deontay Johnson, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and then we also have Tyler Boyd in there. So I think it's uh, it's rounding into shape here. Um, we have lots of time, 15 picks before our next selection. But I think, Sean, we have to be... I think we have to be feeling uh, pretty good after the last couple of picks there because when we got to a situation where I was quite anxious there that we weren't going to end up getting Jamison Williams, I know I talked earlier about DeAndre Hopkins going to miss those games at the start of the season. Possibly Jamison Williams will miss some games with his injury. We'll find out more, but he's another player. I think the ADP will skew dramatically in his favor if we start to hear positive reports. 
but if we had missed out on him this roster looks considerably different even with just that one pick but then we get our, our second tight end as well sean to, to play into things how are you feeling at this point excellent one of the things you'll see too when you mess with the win the flex tool is that because a handful of the tight ends are just so undervalued you do have potential scoring opportunity from them late in the draft where you might like that three tight end build i only really recommend the three tight end build if you think the third tight end well if you don't get the elite tight end to start with obviously but then if you think that third tight end is going to be an absolute star you were joking about the seahawks jets week 17 game we do have fant wilson that could be the two guys who, who <laughs> blow up in that game i'm sure that game is going to be like 55 to 52 right Colin? We, so, are, we are that is what we are pinning our hopes on sean is the that shootout it's going to be fantastic it's going to be wonderful the yeah, other thing all fant wilson yeah it's going to be well I would like to sprinkle in all the players because then all the rosters that we have built have a chance. But yeah, if it has to be, it has to be. But we are into uh, we're into fun zone here with this team overall. And Sean, the other game that I was going to mention that we are back on track for, we've got the Bears, we've got the Lions, we've got Fields, and we've got Jameson Williams. So we're stacking up the uh, the key games of Week 17 again. And doing it somewhat inexpensively. Right, the, the whole idea there with Jameson Williams, he goes below ADP. We get a good price on Justin Fields. Obviously, there are some a couple of receivers in there that we didn't get great prices on because we wanted to make sure that we got them for the build. We got a good price on Rondell Moore to go with Kyle Pitts. We obviously love him in the third round. Colin, we're moving through round 14. Noah Fant does go off the board. He goes a couple picks after Hayden Hurst, which is kind of interesting. We do still only have the three running backs, so we probably are going to want to select at least one, if not two more late. We have Kenny Gainwell in the queue. We also have at wide receiver, KJ Hamler, Will Fuller, Julio Jones, Wondell Robinson, David Bell, and Paris Campbell. We're about five picks away. What are you thinking for our round 14 selection? Yeah, I would love to get Gainwell here. The other player that I would have some interest in would be Davis Price. Um, they're probably the the running backs, and we're one pick away, so we do have an option at both of those. Have you a, a preference out of those guys? Um, you know, you're into Marlon, Mac, Jamal Williams, Mark Ingram. Then at that point, yeah, I, I have a, a huge amount of Gainwell, and I think that he has a fantastic chance to be the player who blows up this season. So I would lean that direction in all likelihood. We're getting a good price on him here. I don't yeah. think that we have to take a running back here. There are going to be some guys at the very end. And at the same time, I don't know that we're getting a great price on any receiver at this juncture. Yeah. I'm waiting to see if we run out of time before that pick goes in. So love the way. Eventually, we're not going to get one of these players as Sean plays it out. Um, you know, if, for people who are listening to this in the audio form, you can move the player to the top of the queue if you wish. But Sean continues to leave these players at the bottom, but I think this is a chance here now for us to get a wide receiver like Sean teased. Are we going for KJ Hammer, Sean? I know it's a little bit early. Is there anyone else that you want to go for? Do you want to go for Price as well? But I, I think we should go wide receiver. Oh, we're going in a different direction. Well, Colin, the the top player here by ADP, and I think a fun player to mix in, someone who has been talked about a lot in indianapolis somebody who has failed to stay healthy but 
really would give them a weapon that that offense desperately needs is Paris Campbell. We're not necessarily trying to play the ADP game once we get into the 170s. That part is a little bit silly. And obviously we want to hit our key receiver targets, especially on this build where we're taking so many of the late guys. And yet I think that was the right play to mix in at this juncture. Someone who, because he's been hurt, obviously you can't draft him much ahead of this range, but a healthy season from Paris Campbell would be a huge boon to this particular roster yeah and it's a that's a player we haven't really discussed at all so um interesting to get him on on there as well like should really if healthy hopefully it's a big question always with paris campbell but if healthy i think that at this point of a draft i think he becomes really valuable there is times when we're at this point as well some of those veterans but he's a veteran who is discounted due to the injury history that he has um maybe there's there's obviously risk with the injury, but maybe less risk with him actually having a role in the offense when healthy. Um, and that's going to be important, obviously, with the situation with, I believe, our second wide receiver off the board, DeAndre Hopkins. The key here, Sean, or the goal would be for Hamler to make it back. But in terms of wide receiver ADP, the only guy ahead of him at the moment is Sammy Watkins. So, But we're in a range here where KJ Hamler's in our queue, Julio Jones in our queue, Wendell Robinson, and Davis Price is still there. So... Uh, sliding a little bit um but yeah davis price just goes off the board there at that pick but we are nine picks away so there is a chance sean that some of these guys will slide back to us here but the one question i had for you based on our build was at running back we did take kenny gainwell there who i really like we have the four running backs at this point do you feel like we're looking at five running backs to fill out this build in total um my question around that as well is that Gainwell and I'm not sure which one of the other running backs both have a week seven bye week any concerns with four running backs or you know if we have if we have a crossover on bye weeks as well no not with Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams both being available for that week now an injury could happen one of the things that you're taking the risk on with the hyper fragile is just that you're not going to have that backup at the running back position if injuries happen to you it's a, a mixed strategy to where you're going to have to get lucky on the health and then the rest of the roster completely dominates. The roster construction explorer will tell you that this will work and perhaps work the best with just four. I think that it, a lot of it will come down to the last selection. And do we feel comfortable enough about the players we picked at six, round 16, the beginning there of round 17, how does our wide receiver group look at that point? And then who's the best player available in round 18? Obviously, it's going to be the second to last pick in the draft. I feel comfortable going either way there, but I don't think that we have to force it based on thinking that only four running backs will work or only five running backs will work. Okay, no, that sounds good. So at the moment, we are at a 2-4-7-2 build. So we have seven wide receivers. The big advantage of the way we went at quarterback and tight end obviously means that we are freed up for those other shots should we need it. But Sean, we do miss out on KJ Hamler. He goes off the board. Um, at the moment, top of the queue is Julio, then LaVisca Chanel take one third. <laughs> so we're looking at much later ADP, but Julio is the one that is going in this kind of particular range. Other players, I mentioned Sammy Watkins, Kendrick Bourne, I think there's some interest there. Isaiah McKenzie's going to be in a high-powered offense that's going in this range. But anyone else, Sean, that would stand out to you um 
you want to get Byron Pringle to pair up with uh, Justin Fields? No, if we're going to do something like that, let's uh, let's just take Nikhil Harry in the last round. <laughs> no, we, we, we add Julio. That's absolutely perfect. The devastating selection that did go off just recently there was Wondell Robinson. I really felt like he was going to be the pick that made this hyper-fragile draft work. Obviously, in retrospect, should not have taken Paris Campbell if that was our feeling about that pick. But it does put us back into a situation here where we do have the option of picking Lavisca Chanel or Tyquan Thornton. And I don't think you can go wrong picking either one of those players. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to let you pick. Uh, Thornton will probably last. This, or Let's go Thornton. So, Colin, we'll you it. said he was going to last, and then you panicked and said, let's not risk him like we risked Wandale. Tyquan Thornton, always I don't think Tyquan Thornton should. Speed. I, I don't think he should be lasting. And there's some drafts that I've seen recently where he hasn't lasted to, to get to that pick. So, I thought I would take him. There's other drafts then, Sean, where I've seen him go undrafted. So, there is a range of outcomes. But some people I've talked to, like you as well, were. We're high on him. We want him on our rosters. And I just think you never know which draft room you're in. And when we get into the upside plays here in the 20th round, um, I don't want to miss out on that. So, yeah. The other thing, Sean, when we get to this, we talk sometimes about our guys. And obviously, there's going to be people talking about exposures, and we will talk about that as well. But I will lean heavily on the players that I am planning on drafting and I, that I am currently drafting. And as much, Sean, as maybe we do want it to be, Levesque Chanel is, is still one of those guys. So there was a chance also to, to balance that exposure a little bit. So we have Levesque at the top of the queue, but the other players that I have now added for the 18-11 are James Robinson, Chris Evans, Sony Michelle, Hassan Haskins, Eno Benjamin, Tyler Beatty. We mentioned the uh, sort of dust-up about how healthy the Baltimore running backs would be. Tyler Beatty, I think, a guy who is not J.K. Dobbins but could do a lot of damage if he ends up being the player there with substantial touches really any part of the season. But someone who could add some firepower early. James Robinson, another play like Jamison Williams and DeAndre Hopkins where it's probably a playoff play. I don't expect him to be ready not necessarily to be on the field, but you're going to have that Marlon Mack, Cam Akers kind of dynamic for him in the first half. One of the problems with having that is that the team then loses confidence in the back and doesn't want to play him as much. We discussed on Thursday the just the very difficult road that later drafted players at you know, all positions, but at running back have to deal with. And if James Robinson comes back and he supposedly is healthy, but this new coaching staff is like, well, we, we don't see the superstar that this guy was the first couple seasons, you know, then even when maybe he is ready to play. And that's one of the reasons why I like Marlon Mack as a pick this year is that even though that Houston Texans offense probably won't score many points, we're now into the time frame where Mack should be back. The reports on him in the offseason, workouts have been very good. Marlon Mack was a very good player before he was injured, and now we might see that again. So someone that you would target at the end of drafts. Kind of working my way back through to the point that there's a lot of risk for James Robinson. He probably shouldn't be going where he's going, but in the second to the last pick of a draft for someone who was a star, I mean, James Robinson is still a very undervalued just reality player. If he's your last pick and he's helping you 
in those final weeks of the season, maybe bridge, get across an injury. That would be interesting. Chris Evans, potential breakout player, and, and maybe this year's version of Sony Michelle. If Joe Mixon were to go down, obviously you're going to score a lot of points in the Bengals offense. Sony Michelle could be this year's version of Sony Michelle. <laughs> you have Hassan Haskins, who it'll be interesting to see what happens in training camp. But if he can stay as the clear number two, then he should probably be going earlier in that Titans offense that has been successfully run heavy, even without Derrick Henry. Eno Benjamin probably needs no introduction. Column, all these guys are still on the board. We're like three picks I'm away. Is Dearness Johnson still on the board? There's just so many options. We have too many options, Sean, for our last pick. There's t- why have these people not been drafted? Um, I I really don't mind. I'm happy to draft any of these guys. The ones that I haven't drafted very much is James Robinson because of the injury concerns and Hassan Haskins. I just haven't drafted because he hasn't been there some of the time. So I'm happy to go whichever way you want to lean here. Um, they all fit with bye weeks as well. So, are you wanting a running back or Lavisca? Let's get Lavisca. Yeah, let's let's go Lavisca. Let's just go all out. <laughs> I can't we believe have, it. So we have uh, all these wonderful running backs. There's back too many, there was too the many running backs. I couldn't decide. Couldn't decide. We didn't want to prioritize one over the other. So Colin does give us Lavisca Chenault, and. Colin Hyper Fragile is, is where a lot of the fun is at. If you want to draft wide receivers, you get to draft 10 of them if you start with this approach. <laughs> Take us through our roster. Who do we have on this crazy team? Yeah, so we have a, a 10 running back build or a 10 wide receiver build. So we have Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I think that doesn't really need to be talked about. We're set up pretty perfect there. We have Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Cam Akers, Kenneth Gainwell. Then it rolls into Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Boyd, Garrett Wilson, Rondell Moore, Jamison Williams, Paris Campbell, Julio Jones, Taekwon Thornton, LaVisca Chenault. And again, it's like we talked about Taekwon versus Visca in the 19th round, and sometimes it's nice when both of those guys end up being there. But maybe that's because nobody else wants to draft them, but we also get to draft both of them in the same draft. And then we have the double elite tight ends with Kyle Pitts and Gerald Everett set up there as well. 10 wide receivers, Sean. We definitely have lots of options there. Four running backs. This uh, That was tough at the end, trying to decide, because in multiple other drafts, at the moment, Sony Michelle and Chris Evans out of that group are the ones that I'm really trying to get. Uh, a lot of drafts with Chris Evans in it, so it was tough to pass up on him there. But based on what we're trying to do with this build and the, the amount of resources we put into it in those first five rounds, maybe... Would you feel better if this was a five running back build or a four running back build? I like it the way that it turned out. It is a good reminder as well, however, of how easily you can execute zero RB in this format. If you did go with the wide receivers early instead, I would feel very comfortable selecting the vast majority of those running backs that we had the choice of at the 18-11. Those would be very good picks in around 16, 17, 18 you fill out your zero RB build with those players, I think you're going to have a lot of excitement down the stretch I, 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 I of your season. Why, I think that's why I've been, you know, when we look at those names, why I've been drafting so much is because when you get to the 18th, 19th, 20th round, you have your superstar wide receivers and you're trying to fill out your running back depth. So 
yeah, seeing them all sitting there, I was like, we should have drafted all these guys. <laughs> yeah, and I think that maybe the pick that we would go back and change, knowing that those players were there. And, I mean, Chris Evans not a player that I've been getting in the last round a lot recently because so many drafters do understand the extreme upside that he does represent but if you sort of swap the picks out and you look at our pick there of Gainwell in round 14 that was the round where right after that at the 1502 we selected Paris Campbell we would have been able to select both Campbell and Fuller or Campbell and Wondell Robinson if we don't take Gainwell there by ADP, it looked like Wandale would come back to us in the 16th round so we could take Wandale and then Julio Jones, a stronger lineup in a likelihood than Julio and Tyquan Thornton. And yet, at the same time, there's there's a lot to still happen. I mean, one of the things that has been a little bit odd about this offseason is that given the prices, or <laughs> I guess it's sort of embedded in my comment about the prices, it's just a lack of enthusiasm for Wandale Robinson and Tyquan Thornton, both players who were drafted early by their teams, who were very clear targets by their teams. Yes, Robinson has maybe a little bit more of a gadget profile than you're looking for, but there's also that Jarvis Landry-ish upside. Yes, Tyquan Thornton may be a little bit more of a pure vertical receiver than what you're looking for, but that's a profile that will work in best ball if it pans out the way that the Patriots believe that it will, if it pans out in the way that they drafted it to work. If you're a believer in Mac Jones and what he did in 2020 at Alabama, where he put up one of the all time great seasons and led their team to, you know, I don't want to make it sound too easy, but basically an easy national title. And then was the most impressive of the rookie quarterbacks last year to have a weapon like that added in. And I know that for Thornton especially, there are concerns beyond maybe his usage or his route profile at the NFL level. You have a player who broke out sort of in their fourth season of college. We talk all the time about how those players are likely to underperform ADP. It's one of the reasons why David Bell is a target for us earlier. He was also a guy who went well above ADP in this particular draft, much to our chagrin. But even with that being the case, when you talk about someone who did play well in his final season at Baylor and is drafted as a priority guy ahead of a trio of other intriguing names who went right after him, and the Patriots liked him enough to not only pass on those guys but to pay extra to do so you have this chance for him to end up as a dj chark chase claypool type of value now obviously chark emerged in year two not in year one obviously claypool has not exactly consolidated his impressive rookie season and yet at the same time we're talking about round 16 round 17 round 18 there are some fun names here and this is one of the reasons why i would encourage drafters to consider occasionally playing hyper fragile and to make sure you actually execute it the way that will work it's a lot of fun you don't have to draft zero rb every time and you know, we picked 10 wide receivers here colin that was a lot of fun 
Yes, we actually get more wide receivers here than we normally do. So that's part of the fun. But yeah, the, the tables have turned as we we start to uh, we start to you know advise to draft more running backs early. But this was a lot of fun. This draft. Hopefully, people have enjoyed listening in. We had a good time drafting some fun moments in there, and uh, I think we've come out with a pretty interesting and fun team. So we'll track it as the season advances. Hopefully, some of these teams that we have drafted here will see their way through to the playoffs that is the hope that is the goal and then we'll see how it all plays out when that fun time comes along but that is another edition of road of his overtime make sure you are subscribed to the road of his overtime podcast feed get all the additions all the episodes as they come out we'll be having lots of special episodes coming out over the coming month to get you ready for your fantasy football seasons so make sure you do subscribe to road of his overtime on your favorite podcast player drop us a written review wherever you do listen to podcasts we really appreciate that and of course if you're signing up for a road of his nfl pass you can do so at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast add the code rv radio 2022 at checkout Save yourself 10% while signing up and get access to all of the great content and tools up on rotaviz.com. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all of Sean's work up at rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>